Hey, Playmakers, real quick before we get into today's episode, if you're one of those listeners that just cannot wait for that next episode to drop, and if you're over on YouTube and my website binging my content there, I just wanted to say thank you. It means the world to me. But just remember, the free stuff will only get you so far. So if you want my complete proven blueprint for opening a successful and sustainable play cafe or indoor playground business that is profitable from day one, I want to invite you to join me inside my signature course, Play Cafe Academy. Head to the show notes right now to get instant on-demand access to all 12 modules, your detailed pre-launch checklist, your 34-page business plan template, your plug-and-play financial model to help you estimate your startup costs and project your revenue, and everything you need to save time, money, and frustration throughout your entire opening process. For a limited time right now, you'll also get an entire month of free access to Playmaker Society, my invite-only membership created exclusively for Play Cafe Academy students who want to work with me personally to optimize and scale their businesses through coaching, guest experts, legal and operations templates, and plug-and-play resources, plus collaboration with over 220 other owners, plus so much more. Head to the show notes and choose your preferred way to pay in full or over time right now. You'll get more information on the current bonuses. You'll see some success stories of those who have gone before you and exactly what to expect when you join us inside the program. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. Hey there, Playmakers. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have a very special episode for you today because I'm chatting with Tiffany from My Play Cafe. Now, Tiffany is an OG Play Cafe Academy and Playmaker Society member. She has been working with me since 2019, and it has been such a treat to see her grow so much in her business. So in this conversation, we're going to talk about how she got started and where the inspiration came from. For her business, we're going to talk a little bit about her background skills and how they've benefited her throughout her entire journey. We're going to talk about her different revenue streams, what she prioritizes, what she does in her business versus what her team does, her hiring process, her delegation process. We're going to talk about her birthday parties. We are really going to get into it. And then we're going to talk about her menu and how that's expanded and grown over time. And we're also going to talk about how she started licensing her intellectual property. She already has two locations and she's working on her third. So whether you are just getting started in your indoor playground business or you are well-established and are looking to grow and scale yourself, there is absolutely going to be something in this conversation for you. Now, I've linked all of Tiffany's information, her website, her social media profiles in the show notes of this episode, so please feel free to go check that out. And I also have a tour of Tiffany's space and another conversation that I've had with her regarding character events. 
So if you want to see what her space looks like, so you know what you're visualizing as we're talking, or if you want to dive more into some of those specific revenue streams like character events, those are also linked in the show notes. And if you find this conversation or this podcast in general helpful, the best way that you can show support for me or for the show is to leave a written review and rating wherever you are listening. It helps so much and it allows me to bring you the best resources, the best experts, all that good stuff. So without further ado, leave your rating and review if you have a quick second. But other than that, we are diving right into my conversation with Tiffany from My Play Cafe. Hi, Tiffany. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Glad to be here. So for those of you who have been listening or watching my content for a while, you've absolutely seen Tiffany before or you've heard her and you definitely know about her business. But for anyone who is a little bit newer or watching or listening for the first time, do you want to get started by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your business? So I'm Tiffany and I um, have three little toddlers or had. Now I have a five-year-old, four-year-old, and a two-year-old, and we opened in um, Kansas City, Missouri um, during COVID, and we have grown a lot into two locations, working on three, and it's just been an amazing journey. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit, because I'm always so interested, can you tell us a little bit about your background and Maybe what made you decide to pursue this path of owning an indoor playground? So I was a preschool teacher for five years, and then I became a pediatric nurse for five years. And becoming a mom, there's just uh, being a new mom, we are looking for community and we want to find a place where we can take our little ones, especially um, my children are all 19 months apart. And it's really hard to find a place where you can sit down and enjoy and not worry about your child, like running out the front door or uh, not being able to see them. Um, so while I was a pediatric nurse, um, I came across this idea um, about an indoor playground where you can see your child the whole time. And I realized there was nothing like that here in Kansas City. And I knew that um, I had to open one here. Awesome. So your business is My Play Cafe, right? I don't think we said the name at the beginning. That's so right. <laughs> do you feel like your background and experience as both a nurse and a preschool teacher have benefit benefited you in your indoor playground ownership journey? Definitely. So my um, background, I have associates in Montessori, early childhood education, and um, that's like the foundation of our elements of design um, because we don't have any electronics in our space. Um, everything is open, imaginative play, and then we have gross motor play. And um, just being a teacher, a nurse, you're interacting with parents all the time. And just that interpersonal communication, how do you talk to parents, you know, whether they're stressed or, you know, that you're just trying to take care of their little ones. Um, I think it plays a huge role in the way that I interact with um, families and also like training um, my staff. How do we approach families being open, opening, uh, welcoming to them and um, just no judgment zone and 
even little early childhood um, techniques to help um, guide children while they're in our space. Absolutely. And something that I find a lot of people find surprising about our business model is they think, you know, I love working with kids. I'm going to be, you know, working with kids all day. And in my experience, it was so much more communicating with and working with and engaging with parents, which I think surprises a lot of people. So I bet those skills absolutely come in very handy. So if any of you guys, again, are new here, I did visit Tiffany's space and I took a tour, a video tour of her beautiful facility. So I'm going to link that both in the video description and in the podcast show notes, depending on whether you're watching or listening. So definitely check out that tour. I show all of her different play area features and her cafe seating, but let's talk about your business a little bit. So what would you say is your primary focus? So your main revenue stream for your business? So birthday parties is definitely our focus. Um, I'll say that we, the, what I see, um, play cafes, they, they focus on parties, but they're not posting about parties. Um, one of my goals is posting twice a week on birthday parties so we can stay top of mind and um, just showing people the experience they get. So now I coined the phrase, the My Play Cafe Party Experience. Absolutely. So when you say posting, are you sharing like client stories, testimonials? Can you tell us a little bit about um, how you stay top of mind and what you do to actually showcase that experience? We always try to get a family picture, you know, and then just the decorations. Um, and then, yeah, p- testimonials, we collect um, reviews, surveys from our all of our birthday families and, you know, just sharing it and telling people from the words of a party mom, um, her, her experience is speaks to other moms as well. Absolutely. So before we kind of get into some of the other aspects of your business, because I know you also have a cafe and we've already talked on this channel about your character event. So I'm also going to link that interview as well. If you want to dive a little bit deeper into special events, we talked specifically about Bluey, but why do you feel that parents choose your party space? Is there anything that you do that really helps you stand out? Well, I'll say nothing I do. I created myself. Um, I really took what Play Cafe Academy, your experience in providing, you know, the stress-free party experience. So, you know, having two party hosts um, to help set up, kind of guide the timeline. We get a lot of first, second, and third birthday parties, especially during the pandemic. A lot of families, they didn't do the a big first or second birthday party. So their first party experience is with us and they're overwhelmed because it's the first party they're um, having with their friends and family. But um, we like to call ourselves the party specialists. So then we can help guide the the moms and we give them a timeline and then we just help them with, um, you know, what to expect, what comes next. Um, When, when do we, even from the decorations, you know, we just say, ideally, this would be where we put it. And then unless mom has a specific thought or idea of where to put her decorations, um, we just take charge so that it's um, stress-free for the parents. So it sounds like you're doing a lot of communication and follow-up between the birthday party booking and the actual event. Is that correct? 
Absolutely. I think um, by communicating with parents ahead of time, we can better meet expectations and also give them um, an idea of what to expect. Awesome. So do you allow people to add on to their party package and add decorations and things like that between the booking and the event? So we um, are very lenient. We have, um, you know, we're doing five to seven birthday parties a week. So we don't order things until about the week before the party. So it gives um, parents a good amount of time to make the ultimate decision seven to 14 days before their party um, from decorations to food, whatever they don't want to do, we're able to provide that service for them. And even when they do come in and they forget something, chances are we probably have whatever they forgot to bring as well. Awesome. And I love doing that for especially facilities like ours was that did private parties it does allow you to give a much more personalized much more customized experience and there's definitely a place in the market for both our type of facility and the facilities that do you know a much higher volume of parties where they're a little bit more out of the box i know for you know from personal experience now that my kids are a little bit older they do not care about the decorations. They don't care about anything like that. So I'm much more inclined to book a more out of the box experience. But when they were little, it was just something that was so special to me. I wanted it to be private. I wanted to do all the Pinterest mom stuff. So I love that, you know, I've been able to showcase kind of both types of facilities, but it does make such a more personalized experience, especially for that first, second and third birthday party. So are your parties an hour and a half or two hours? So we have two hour birthday parties and um, we have a complimentary 30 minute setup time. And um, we found that two hours was the best fit for us, um, especially from playing. And then if they add a special character events and then just um, wrapping it up towards the end with um, birthdays. And then we love um, cleaning up for them, you know, uh, if they help, it kind of adds more work. So we just say, please leave it there. We'll take care of it. That's what we're here for. Yeah. And I actually got to work a birthday party kind of at your space. That was so fun. So I got to see everything firsthand and you guys definitely have it down to a science. So I absolutely love to see that. So real quick, before we kind of move on to the other aspects of your business, are there any add-ons for your birthday parties that you particularly love doing or that are really popular right now? Balloon garlands is always popular. Um, between my lead party host and myself, we're able to set up the balloon um, garlands ahead of time. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's beautiful and it's a really nice add-on. Mom doesn't need to stress about, you know, blowing up her balloons before arriving. Um, and then... I think right now is our Bluey character. You know, people just want Bluey to come to their birthday party. So having character add-ons is really special as well. Yeah, and it's so great that you're able to keep one of your main characters in-house because something that, you know, I definitely struggled with is that everybody was wanting characters, but it's so expensive to outsource to hire a character company. So by making that, you know, one-time investment that we talked about in our previous conversation, by making that one-time investment in the character, 
you're able to not just use that for special events, but also parties. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. So what other things do you offer in your business? I know birthday parties is your main focus, but can you tell us about some of your other services and revenue streams? So, um, I mean, we serve amazing coffee from our local roaster, and um, that was really important to me because we are in Kansas City, and Kansas City is like a coffee snob town, and um, then we realized there was a gap in the market with boba tea, and so um, my husband's like, we got to do this, so he took the charge, and he um, got all the recipes, purchased all the items to um, provide this to our community. So that was really neat because then we're tapping into a new market where people that don't have plain children just come in, stop by for boba. And so that was really special and unique. And one of the ways that we get to serve our community. That's awesome. So people are then able to just come in, purchase the tea. Do they do curbside or do they just come to the cafe counter and get their boba tea and leave? How does that kind of work when you're open for open play? So we kind of get them both ways. Um, we have an online ordering system so they can order ahead um, or they just walk in and they order. Um, we it's Yeah, we definitely have both experiences and we also offer them a punch card so that they can come back again and earn a free drink. Nice. I had a lavender latte, I think while I was there and it was absolutely delicious. Do you have a favorite drink that's on your menu? That is my favorite drink, <laughs> but with the so honey lavender oat milk latte with boba. So because we do have boba, um, we get to serve really good lattes and adding the boba is just a unique thing that we get to do because most boba shops don't have really good coffee. So. That is really unique. And it was so delicious. I think that's why you actually made it for me was because uh -huh. I asked you to make me your favorite drink. So I should have known that already. But so it sounds like you started with a little bit more of a basic menu and expanded. So is there any other area where you've expanded your menu since you opened? Yes. So about two years in, um, we started serving food. So like chicken nuggets and French fries, avocado toast, grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, we did not want to um, start with food right away just because um, because of staffing. You know, we really wanted to be... Um, good at what we do. And then as, as we grown, then we added more food and it's been a really good additional um, revenue stream for us. That's awesome. And it sounds like you're, you were able to kind of implement those, um, those menu expansions pretty easily. Is that correct? Yes, it was not a hard process. I think the biggest thing we do struggle with is just the space. Um, we don't have a lot of counter space for prep, but my team has been making it work. And I know that it's this way for New York state, but in your area, did you have to get any additional licenses or permits to start serving food or did you already have everything covered because you were operating a cafe? We're able to serve the food because we're not like 
cooking with, you know, we don't need a grease trap or anything like that. Um, so it was a very easy transition for us. Awesome. And that kind of brings me into the next thing I wanted to talk about because you mentioned staff and that sort of thing. So I know one of the things that's really unique and one of the things that I love about your business in particular is that you really designed it from the beginning to run without you. So can you talk a little bit about how you set your business up, what you do versus what your team does and what you're now able to delegate and maybe what's changed along the way? So from the beginning, I was very hands-on, you know, creating a new business, you want it you want to set the systems and processes in place, SOP, standard operating procedures, uh, so that <laughs> there's consistency, you know, um, you want everyone to have the same experience, training staff, onboarding and such. Um, I really didn't want to open a brick and mortar store because I didn't want to get stuck there. And um, through... Uh, I think it was my the first like um, webinar that I attended of yours. And also my husband already said, he's like, that's mom and pop shop mentality. Like people don't need to be there anymore. You know, you have to set the systems in place so that you don't, you can do other things and still grow your business. So the first, I would say, uh, Oh, yes, I got pregnant right after we signed the lease. So then I would have to go on maternity leave. So shortly after opening, um, I just had to set everything in place so that I can go on maternity leave. And I would say that was the best thing that ever happened to me, because as a new owner, you want to control everything you want to do every like you want to. You don't want to delegate, but if you want that freedom with your time as a business owner, you have to delegate. So um, I would say that has been amazing for me because I used, even when I was on maternity leave, I did everything from my computer and I continued to do that for like about a year um, or so after that. But then after a while, you know, um, my team, I saw a lot of um, admin skills in them. So then I started to delegate uh, to my team members. So like party emails, I believe was the first thing I delegated. And then um, now I have a cafe manager that manages inventory, uh, staffing, like training, onboarding, and um, communication with members. And then I just get to be the overseer. And if there's anything that they need from me, they communicate with me. I'm really not even um, at my cafe much. I just go because my children want to go and play. And so, oh, and maintenance. I get to um, fix things that are broken, like our our sofa broke. And so I went after hours and I had to replace the sofa leg, but, um, it's, it has been amazing just being able to delegate to a team and a team that I can trust. That's awesome. And I think that there is such a misconception out there that any brick and mortar business owner has to be there physically for like, I've heard the phrase, you know, the first two years thrown quite a bit. 
And I love your story in particular because we had a very similar experience. I got pregnant shortly after opening and I went through the same thing. I was forced to put those systems into place and delegate things that I previously just wasn't comfortable delegating. And I was forced into that position. And just like you, it was the best thing that could have ever happened because I just realized that sometimes not only can they do the same things that I was doing, but because we all have different strengths and different perspectives and different experiences, they were able to do a lot of those tasks better because they weren't as emotional about the business. They, you know, were making more logical decisions. Whereas I, again, was making very emotional decisions because I'm so attached to my business. So I love that you mentioned that. So I know you said that, you know, you're really doing the minimum when it comes to actually working in your business. But one thing that I wanted to kind of chat about is how you've not just grown your first location, but how you've now grown into multiple locations. Because now that you have freed up a lot more of your time, I know you're, you already have your second location and you're working on your third, as you mentioned. So can you talk a little bit about what that process has been like? If you did licensing or franchising, can you talk about that? So we um, do intellectual property license. Um, one thing I love is our brand. It's recognizable. Um, it stands out, you know, I think because of our core values and the community that we build. And so people want it in their communities. So I have people reaching out to me all the time. How do I create something like this and, and, and such? So um, yes, with more free time from my first location, I'm able to use that time to help grow our community because these people like our second and third locations, people who go there are actually ones that have been like drive 45 minutes out to our first location. So um, expanding allows them to get a membership, build community out where they live because living so far away, they can't come to our location every week. So that's building community um, is really one of the core values that um, we are creating, especially as we expand. And also the membership, they can go to any of the locations. Yeah, that's really nice. And, you know, it probably has helped with birthday bookings as well, because, you know, I love making special trips to the play cafes and indoor playgrounds, you know, 45, 50 minutes away, but it just wouldn't be feasible to book a party there. So I love that you're now able to serve and impact a much larger radius within your community because of those additional locations. Right. Is there any reason in particular that you chose to do licensing over franchising? So because we're so focused on community, licensing really gives those owners the freedom to modify the play cafe model to fit the needs of their community. You know, with our licensing model, it's the brand, it's our values, it's our design, you know, they get to purchase that aspect and then they get to modify it for their community to meet their community. So I think franchising have a lot, has a lot of more red tape. Um, you have, you know, when you go to a Starbucks, when you go to Chick-fil-A, like, they're all exactly the same. They're all running on the same schedule where um, right now, I think the biggest difference is our lease summit and gardener location. Like 
we're making different drinks. Yeah. Just, just being able to serve our community with like what they enjoy. And then also like the, our lead baristas, they like to do different type of drinks. So then they get to be known, you know, just for different things. But the experience that you get when you walk into my play cafe is, you know, big, open, full visibility, um, our color design, our play experience. Like those are the things that we want consistency in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's funny, I was trying recently to find some examples of play cafe cafe franchises. There used to be several of them. There used to be Java Mama. There used to be um, a bunch of different ones and they've all since closed. And I think a lot of that has to do with not being able to adapt and be flexible for each area's specific needs for the com- the competitive landscape. Um, I believe all of those locations have closed and they're no longer, you know, in business, which surprised me because it was one of the first ones to open in a franchise model. But then again, like you said, it, it really didn't surprise me because those owners didn't have a lot of freedom. They didn't have a lot of flexibility to adapt and really understand what their specific customers needed, wanted. And I think the owners were feeling really restricted. I had the chance to speak with a previous owner. Um, and like you said, there was a lot of red tape. There was a lot of um, decision-making ability taken away from them. So I was surprised to see that. So I think you went in the right direction. So kind of wrapping up, is there anything that has, I know I mentioned what surprised me the most, and that was communicating way more with parents and engaging way more with parents than with kids in this business. A lot of people assume it's, you know, all kids all the time, but that has been completely the opposite for me. So is there anything that has kind of surprised you about owning this type of business? You know, I think I did not realize how great the need was for moms. Yeah, just how we're able to help create and foster relationships. I will say some of my greatest friends now, I met through My Play Cafe. You know, I see it all the time. People who come to My Play Cafe, they're leaving with a new friend that they're then going out and doing things together you know, outside of my play cafe. And I, to me, that is so awesome, you know, um, going to the park, you know, going to different play places. I, I just love seeing that. I was like, they met at my play cafe. That is so amazing. But look at their friendship now, you know, and just being able to create that space for them. I think that's really rewarding and fulfilling for me. Absolutely. And I think, you know, in the age of the Facebook mom group, and, you know, obviously we all went through a pandemic. I think that need for in-person connection specifically is greater than ever. So I love that you're able to provide that. And I know in your business, you're able to serve so many different needs of that parent. I know you've done breastfeeding classes before, and you've had doulas come and present So I love that you're able to not just give them the space to have that in-person connection, but you're able to kind of listen to what else is going on with them, what else they need, what else is top of mind for them. So that's, um, it all kind of goes into creating that safe space for people to come and really connect with one another and other local businesses and service providers in the area. For sure. 
So for anybody that's looking to open, you know, a similar type of business, do you have one piece of advice that you would like to give them or one thing you would like to say to them? I think foundations is key. Setting yourself up for success with the vision that you have. So like for me, my vision was not to be there full time. So um, right away, you know, I hired a barista um, because I was not a barista before, you know. And so hiring people who have the specialty to help establish systems, they know what they're doing. um, And, and also just not being the only person there that way, if I'm sick, or something happens with my children, um, there's someone else who can run the shop. And also just play Cafe Academy. Um, I was able to grow right away because I didn't have to learn from my mistakes. I didn't have to learn from trial and error. Um, So I think Play Cafe Academy was the best investment for me that helped set a really good foundation for me to build and grow because there's a lot of things that I do differently. um, But there's the foundations is there of what works. So that is, I would say the foundations is key. Thank you. I'm blushing a little bit. Um, I love hearing that though. And that's really, you know, why I felt called to create the program is because this industry is so much more nuanced and so much more unique than I think people realize. And so much more goes into setting up the foundations than an outsider might see, you know, just following a play cafe on Instagram. There is so much, you know, we touched on a lot of it, the different revenue streams, the standard operating procedures, the hiring, training, There is so much that goes on that I think people, again, don't realize if they're just a Play Cafe visitor or they follow a similar business on social media. So that's why I felt so called to put this program together to kind of lift that veil and say, listen, you know, it might look like all butterflies and rainbows, but here's, you know, all of the things that you need to think about before you open. And there's, you know, way more than I thought. So I'm so glad to hear that it was able to kind of put you on that fast track to not just success, but also being able to remove yourself a lot more from the business so that you can have, you know, a more stress-free pregnancy and actually have a postpartum and maternity leave experience. So that makes me in particular, very, very happy. I know. And thank you so much for kind of sharing, you know, like what worked for you, what didn't work. um, And just that transparency, I think, you know, it's really helped me a lot and many people as well. Thank you. Yeah. One of my principles here on this podcast, my YouTube channel and my courses, I really try not to sugarcoat anything. I try to be very real um, about the good, the bad, the ugly. So um, again, that really just validates everything that I've put out there. So thank you very much for those kind words and congratulations on all of your success. I can't wait to visit again. I know you, you know, I visited you, you came here and visited me recently. So I love that we've been able to connect and really form, you know, a relationship with each other and other owners. I feel like, you know, our Playmaker Society group has really allowed us to form those connections in a much more intimate way than we would just following each other on Instagram. So I'm so thankful that I brought you into my life and everyone else into my life. So thank you so much. Thank you. 
All right. So I'm going to link Tiffany's website, her social media channels, everything like that in the show notes or in the video description, depending on whether you are watching or listening. And if you want a little throwback, you can go back. I'm also going to link this. But almost three years ago, Tiffany and I did a coaching call, I believe, before you had even opened. And so I was watching it a little bit in preparation for this call. And it was just so incredible to see not only how far you've come as a business owner, but you really have grown so much in your passion and in how you talk about your business and your confidence. So um, if anyone wants to watch that throwback, it's a little three-year transformation. That was really, really fun to watch. All right. That wraps up my conversation with Tiffany. If you want to see her space, if you want to see the tour that I filmed while I visited her, or if you want to see Tiffany's social media profiles or her website or check out her business even further, again, everything is linked in the show notes. So thank you to Tiffany for joining me for this conversation. I absolutely loved it. It's always great to catch up. I've interviewed Tiffany before, but every single time I get a chance to speak with her, she has something new and exciting going on in her business. So I really never get tired of it. So thank you so much, Tiffany. And if you're an owner or a prospective owner, and you think that you could be a great interview for this show, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I would love to speak with you. So again, if you're interested, all you have to do is DM me on Instagram. We'll see if it's a good fit and then we'll set something up. All right. Have a great day, Playmakers. Your play of the day is to check out the tour of Tiffany's space and just write down at least one takeaway from this interview because she gave so many little golden nuggets of knowledge that I wrote down a couple myself. So that is your play of the day. And I will see you right back here on Wednesday. Wednesday.